Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Chaudhry. I hope you're safe and well today. I'm delighted to be joined by Jamie Tempest, who's Senior Scientist 1, and Thomas Gosling, who is Scientist 2, uh, from RSSL, which is Reading Scientific Services Limited. And we're going to be talking about serenity testing today. So, Jamie, Thomas, is WC. How are you both? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, not too bad at all. Fantastic. Yeah, good, Great. And uh, Jamie, where are you calling in from? So just outside Reading, uh, just in Shinfield, working from home today. So I didn't cool. have the cold commute. <laughs> and Thomas, I understand you're in the office. Yes, I'm on site today. I had a nice cold cycle to wake me up. Just ready for this uh, little chat here. Yeah, well, uh, it is extremely cold here in Surrey, so I don't envy you getting on a bike and cycling <laughs> in the frost. But anyway each to their own so look before we start talking about serenity testing today uh, would one of you be kind enough to give me a quick overview of rssl yeah sure so rssl is a contract testing organization so we we specialize in farm, um, pharmaceutical testing and food testing um, so myself and thomas are from the pharmaceutical side for pharmaceutical microbiology but we also cover chemistry microscopy um we have a training training arm as well, um, so just just about anything uh, pharmaceutical related, uh, RSSL can can help you with. Great, and your own background. So, how did you get to be senior scientist one at RSSL? So, I started off as a scientist one at RSSL, um, doing my master's degree alongside, um, well, yeah, along, alongside work. Uh, yeah, and then the opportunity came up that we were developing a storage test suite. So it was the opportunity for me to put my master's degree, um, my engineering and my my sterility knowledge together um, to help build the suite um, and then manage the team there. Fantastic. And Thomas, what about you? How did you wind up at RSSL? Uh, so I studied microbiology at Reading University. And then uh, with the RSSL um, main site being based on the same campus, I'd seen it walking past. So I found found a way to be able to start working there i started doing a wide range of analysis before specializing in endotoxins and then like jamie once the opportunity to work in the sterile uh, laboratory opened up i jumped at that chance being able to work in a clean room with the isolators it was a good opportunity to develop into steriles so fantastic and that's been me ever since <laughs> so let's talk about serility testing my basic question first of all though is what is serility testing and why is serility testing important in the first place so i'll start there thomas um so we'll start off with what is sterility so sterility is the freedom of viable microorganisms so therefore sterility is an attribute something can either be sterile or non-sterile um, and that is essentially what the sterility test is looking for which state is that um, pharmaceutical product product in um yeah it's a regulatory requirement so companies are required to do it um yeah for both terminally sterilized and aseptically produced products Right, okay. And why is it so important though? So the final, the end patient is potentially immunocompromised, you're in hospital, um, you're then going to receive this drug that's sterile. So the only reason for it to be sterile is it bypassing all your body's natural defences. So for example, a parenteral, it's going to go into an IV, into your arm, into your blood. If it's not sterile, um, it potentially it's a pathogen entering your bloodstream, you're potentially already immunocompromised could result in illness or worst case death of that patient okay and thomas have you got anything to add to that yes i'll just say it's important to remember the limitations of this test so it's not on its own going to allow you to to declare a product sterile this is part of a much wider 
um, array of tests, everything from in your manufacturing plant with your environmental monitoring and other data. And this, what we provide is an extra set of data along with that to allow you to reduce, uh, pr release the product to market. Right. Okay. Now let's talk about regulations. Obviously, farm is a very regulated industry. So what are the regulations around serology testing and how do you as a business uh, comply with that? So regulations generally in the pharmacopoeia, um, so USP 71, uh, European pharmacopoeia 2.6.1, and JP 4.06. Uh, there's also in the Udralex volume 4, there's Annex 1, um, which which is all the information about sterility, uh, not sterility testing, it's about uh, clean rooms, so in the environment you need to then perform the sterility test within. Um, so we have a QAU team that works with myself and Thomas, um, and every time there's an update to any of those regulations, that's pushed through. And yeah, it's essentially it's one of my, as managing the team that in sterility, it's my job to make sure that we're always in compliance with that. And I know Annex 1, though, has been sort of been muted, has been updated for quite a long time now. Yeah. So, you know, is there any news on that or, you know, how would that impact what you've, what you've done to, to date with the, uh, with the lab? So no news. The, the last piece of news I heard was it was supposed to be out in September 2021. That uh, obviously didn't happen. So, um, so, and in terms of what we did about the draft annex when we started to build the suite, um, that was all in consideration. So my designs, the equipment we were putting in, the processes and SOPs we put in place, that was all not, not to comply with the current annex one, because that's the current regulation, but it's also to do that one step further and make sure we're already ready for what could be implemented in in the next next version of Annex One, right? So, for those who are not familiar with what a surety suite would look like or what it would contain, uh, would you mind giving viewers a sort of a, an overview of what the suite would contain? I mean, particularly as you built it from scratch, basically. So, how uh, what does the suite contain, and you know what are the elements within it that are sure. important? Sure. So. It's a series of rooms, some clean rooms, some non-clean rooms, all designed with contamination control in mind. So keeping the area where you're doing the storage testing um, the cleanest. Um, so it's a series of rooms. So we have entrance area, so what we call a controlled, not classified area, um, an incubator room that's controlled, not classified as well. It then leads through into a gowning room which has to be grade D at rest. Then we move through into the clean room, which is grade D in operation, which houses our grade A isolators where we perform sterility testing. So it was designing you know, pressure flows, cascades, work process flows, material test flows, and things like that to, to ensure minimizing contamination and uh, mitigating it where, where it does arise. Right. And Thomas, have you got anything to add to that? Just to go down to the isolators, they're where the, we eventually carry out the majority of the work once it's passed through to the final stage there. Uh, they're basically uh, enclosed uh, enclosure that allows you to separate your products and materials from the surrounding environment. Uh, so it's a grade A, basically a grade A clean room that's sanitized with VHP. Uh, and this allows the tests not be compromised, allows us to release results with complete uh, confidence to the client. Brilliant. You said VHP. What's a VHP? So it's a vaporized hydrogen peroxide. Oh, right. It's used to, <laughs> it would probably take quite a while if we go into the full. <laughs> right. All right. Fantastic. All right. Now, what are some of the key considerations, though, uh, and things to watch out for when you are actually choosing a sterility service provider? 
so anyone that's going to be choosing a pride, you'll be doing a thorough audit of that with RSSL. Um, you want to be making sure that um, all the controls, as Jamie said, we designed it in mind with uh, contamination control, that those um, processes work, that they're very well documented and that people are trained in those processes. Uh, you can also go back into the more admin behind as well and all the media we use or, or someone should use would be QC'd. Um, making sure it's vi um, again viable for use um, and making sure that every sort of everything is in date all the kits we use are appropriate as well, well okay and jamie have you got anything else to add to that if uh, i'm sort of looking for a sure. provider what was so thomas touched on it there a little bit um training it's so for example at rsl if you want us to be trained specifically in your product type uh, if you're a, you know a, a unique or a different product type and you want to to be sure that we're aseptically handling those. Um, we're happy to do things like aseptic training on those products, supply you with the results so that you're confident um, and just be able to basically work with you to help you and make sure there's gonna be no stumbling blocks on the way, make sure that everything that we do fits exactly what you need and and, and things like that. Make sure they're compatible rather than just looking at price is, is my advice there when you're choosing a new provider. Right, okay. Now, can you give me some of the challenges, though, or, or, or some of the sort of challenges that you might face when you're carrying out sterility testing? Sure. So, like with all scientific analysis, you're going to eventually come across some problems, especially when you're dealing with new product types, new materials um so for example one we had last year we were seeing a small amount of growth between seven and day, 10, 10 days into the 14 day test um this was seen across a variety of different replicates for this one product um we were unable to culture the growth that well so we did what we could in order to try and find out what what it was uh, we did our internal multi tough we did this some external testing as well in order to find out what it was yeah. um this was not noticed during the validation because the, the validation is finished at five days or whenever the growth is seen so this is before this next stage of potential growth was seen uh, and then i'll pass on to jamie who did a lot lot of this work who can fill in the details right so yeah so touching on where thomas left off with uh so we basically had some growth in a canister that looks like mold um so yeah our client agreed we we thought yeah, that looks like typical mold growth um but we couldn't culture it um so what we did was we took a little bit of that material and we put it in the moldy tough to see if we could just directly id it, it wasn't successful but what it did tell us is there were definitely proteins there um, so yeah, the client, um, we organized to send off for rapid sterility. Um, we sent it away, uh, no growth on any of the, any of them. So like, right. So we've got a protein here. That's not potentially not a microorganism based protein. So we sent it to our microscopy department who basically did some tests on it and came back to, came to the conclusion that there was a protein. Uh, some of the silicon we had from our growth media had passed so in the rubber bung in the top of the growth media you put the needle through there's there's rubber and a tiny amounts of that had passed through to the filter not that you could see it um, but yeah that acted as a nucleation nucleation site for the small amount of residue of the protein the serum that was left on the filter and yeah day seven to ten caused that turbidity right okay so i 
does that mean then that you have to be careful on using that particular sort of container for future samples? So we, yeah, so we, we now know that that is going to happen in the future. So we have put steps in place. Um, we now have a step additional to the storage test is where we actually then go and send it to our microscopy team for them to do the analysis. Basically give us a report to say, it's a protein, but it's not microbial. And then, then we can then go on to release the, the certificate of analysis for the sterility test. Right. Well, that leads to a nice question to my next question, which was really, are there any samples that are a bit of a nightmare to work with and how do you sort of get around those particular issues? Yeah, so although the vast majority of our samples are quite nice and simple to be honest, nice aqueous solutions, there are certainly some which can pro prove a bit difficult. Um, they might struggle to filter through the membranes, we may struggle to dissolve them, or they might be a medical device that needs to be tested through, say, direct inflammation or something else. Um, we're able to do some feasibility work here at RSSL. This allows us to use a small amount of the client's sample and work out the best method rather than um, allowing us to try all the kit types, all different media types, and right. potentially anything else we would need on top. Um, this is particularly useful when dealing with, say, medical devices, and as we've seen recently, as a lot of antibiotics. Right. And Jamie, have you got anything to add to that? So yeah, let's just say that antibiotics and antifungals we've been dealing with recently have definitely been the, the more challenging ones. Yeah. Um, some of the properties have meant that they've absorbed into some of our test materials, so we're not able to wash them away. Um, so then they're leaching back in over time and killing the organisms present in the broth. So yeah, method suitability and method validation, it's been challenging, but this is this is the sort of thing I like. Yeah, I like it when it doesn't work and I've got to use some, uh, some science to try and figure out how we're going to get this to work. Sure, I can understand that. Does that mean though that <clears throat> because obviously you are testing all these different samples and you are having to do different test test methods that you as a you develop your own unique database or library, if you like, of test methods and how different samples will react to different things so that you can use it for future reference? Yeah, so yeah, each client's test method is their own. So we don't share client test methods with others, but obviously we have the the knowledge, the databases, the people, we have the knowledge, we know what's worked, we know what hasn't worked. And yeah, we're able to pass that knowledge on. And because yeah, we do so much of the pharma and biopharma industries, um, we come across so many different products that you probably wouldn't come across just as a as you're on your own on the manufacturing site producing your your product catalogue. It's yeah, it's yeah, we, we see a lot and the chances are we've probably seen it, we can probably help. Fine, brilliant. Well, that actually leads on very nicely, actually, to my uh, penultimate question, which is, how can RSL help improve testing methods? And are there any tips you could offer viewers out there who are carrying out sterility testing? So as a tip, I would say it's always good to get on top of your outdated validations or outstanding ones. This, uh, due to the fact that the test is 14 days long, price and the extra processing time means that, say, you have a problem with your other supplier or other um testing laboratory it will take a long time to get this sorted if you've got someone set up got these validations ready to go it uh, means uh, we can help a lot faster and meaning no deadlines are missed for your um, for important drug deliveries uh, recently uh, in terms of what we've been able to do to improve testing methods uh, we had a client which is using some old uh, steri test kits and wasn't um, wasn't using some of the new ones that were available. We were able to then bring in these new kit types. This meant we reduced the step in the procedure, which then reduced contamination, made the testing much easier for us, and as meaning we were also able to reduce the cost for the client as we we're reducing a whole step for them. So this has helped both us and the clients yeah, with just a simple kit change and updating a validation. Right, and Jamie, anything else to add to that? 
So, yeah, just to build on what I was just talking about a second ago, really, is, yeah, we do so much of the testing that, yeah, the chances are we can help, um, whether that be the traditional pharmacopoeia test method or whether you're looking at the newer rapid sterility. Um, so, yeah, our are actually in the early stages of onboarding rapid sterility testing. Um, so if anyone out there is watching and they either want to partner with us or want to have an input on which direction we go with it, please feel free to get in touch with me. Brilliant. Well, that leads nicely, nicely, I can't get my teeth in this morning, uh, nicely to my final question, which is where can people get more information? So our website, primarily, um, yeah, there's there's all the information on the website. There's also a chat, chat, not bot, but it's a person on the other end of the, um, that, or directly contact me or Thomas um, through LinkedIn or email or give me a call. Brilliant. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for talking me through uh, sterility testing. It's really interesting to learn more about that. Um, so there you go, viewers. If you'd like to know more about sterility testing and how RSSL can help you, or if you've got any questions around sterility testing, then please get in touch with Jamie and Thomas. You can leave comments or questions for them below the video. You can message them on LinkedIn directly if you would like to. And also you can go to the RSL website and they have got a little uh, person pop up on the bottom right hand corner, as I know every time I go onto the website, uh, I will ask you if they can help you so you can ask some questions there as well. And also they've got lots of training as well that they offer, which can help you as well. So all that's time to say is, uh, Jamie, Thomas, happy testing for the rest of 2022. I hope you have a fantastic year and I hope you find some challenges which make it interesting for you as well over the next 12 months. So thank you very much and have a fantastic 2022. And thank you viewers for watching. I hope you found that useful. And until next time, as always, stay well and stay safe. Bye-bye.